بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد صلی اللہ رسول الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ سو ان شاء اللہ ٹو اسپینڈ اے سیشن او سو ڈسکسنگ دا بلیسڈ ڈیڈ وچ از اے سنہ معقدہ ہوا بلو بن میسنجر صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم جورنگ دا ہولی منت اینڈ دا از دا گلوریس ڈیڈ آف اتقاف So first, let's look at what the glorious Qur'an mentions about this blessed deed. So in Surah Anbiya, alayhi salatu wa salam, Surah 21 verse 52, Ibrahim alayhi salatu wa salam, he talks to the idol worshippers and he asks them a very poignant question. He says, A'udhu billahi min shaitan al-rajim, مَا هَذِهِ التَّمَاثِيلُ الَّتِي أَنْتُمْ لَهَا عَاكِفُونَ What are these images to which you are so devoted? So let's look at this. So obviously in the time of Ibrahim the people were worshipping idols. And he was obviously trying to bring them around. But he used very interesting terminology. He called the idols images, the mathir. And then he says, Antum laha aqifun. Why are you so devoted to these images? The word aqifun is the Quranic description of the deed of itiqaf. <laughs> So here, Ibrahim والسلام, was highlighting that they were fervently worshipping these idols. Just like the believers do during the itiqaf when they're worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the other thing which we can take from this glorious verse is that if these idol worshippers had such devotion for Khalilullah والسلام, to describe it as aqifun, then obviously for the believers, we should be doing it even more fervently to the one who deserves this, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So note again, very easily missed, if you don't look at the Qur'an. If you look at the translation, you'll miss this. It just says devoted. But the word he uses is aqifun. And also our beloved messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he encouraged us to have a place of worship in our own dwellings. Ayy a mihrab. And again, the sadness. Again, if you look at the Hindus in particular, they have mihrabs in their dwellings for their idols. And they actually promote this in their films. You know, you see the, you know, the documentary, well, not documentary, soaps that they put out. And there's their little idols there. And look how they keep it clean, venerated, you know, provided with food. And nobody dares put their foot in there. So the Prophet ﷺ, he encouraged us to have places both for the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But note again, the tragedy. The idol worshippers are worshipping their idols more fervently than many Muslims, the true and one glorious Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. In another passage of the Qur'an, in Surah Baqarah, Surah 2 verse 187, 
Allah the Almighty and Glorious, He mentions, is part of a verse. Audhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Rajeem. وَأَنْتُمْ عَاكِفُونَ فِي الْمَسَاجِدِ Whilst you are performing itiqaf in the masjids. So he mentions now the itiqaf. And what word or how does he describe the itiqaf? Aqifun. Just like Ibrahim wasalam, talked about the idol worshippers, the way they were worshipping their Lord or their false Lord. So note Allah Ta'ala mentions this worship in the Quran, showing the value of this priceless deed. And in another part of the Quran is mentioned as well. In Surah Baqarah, Surah 2, verse 125, Allah the Almighty and Glorious, He says, part of the verse, أَوْذِ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانُ الرَّجِيمِ لِلْطَائِفِينَ وَالْعَاكِفِينَ وَالْرُكَّعِ السُّجُودِ For those who perform tawaf, etiqaf, bow and prostrate. <laughs> so the context here is the Holy Kaaba. When Allah the Almighty and Glorious instructed His Khalil والسلام, to build the Kaaba. Ibrahim والسلام, Allah the Almighty and Glorious says, perform tawaf around it. What's the second thing He mentions? What's the third thing He mentions? The prayer. And finally, he mentions the sujood. So the holiest of holies, the greatest masjid on earth, i.e. the holy Kaaba. Allah Ta'ala has mentioned four acts of worship. The tawaf, etiqaf, the ruku, and the sujood. Now what's amazing, the tawaf is superior than salat. There's a hadith, the hadith is in Behaki, it's Hassan, our beloved messenger, he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that 120 blessings descend upon the Holy Kaaba every day. 60 are reserved for those who perform tawaf around the Kaaba. 40 are reserved for those who offer salah around the Kaaba. And 20 for those who just look at the Holy Kaaba. So the tawaf is the greatest act of worship, even superior than salat. But if you look at this verse, Allah Ta'ala is hinting to something. Again, people don't study the Quran. What does he mention after tawaf? He doesn't mention salat. He goes, لِلْطَعِفِينَ وَالْعَاقِفِينَ اِتِقَاف And after اِتِقَاف, he mentions salat. Therefore, some of the ulama have pointed out that in the hadith, 60 blessings descend for those performing tawaf. 40 for those offering salah. So if you go in between them, it must be itikaf. Because the Quran is mentioning this. Therefore, there's probably 50 blessings descending upon those performing itikaf in Masjid al-Haram. So now just the fact that Allah the Almighty and Glorious mentions itikaf in two places in the Quran. One generally in Surah 2 verse 187 and one specifically in Masjid al-Haram shows that this is a deed that you should be eager for and you should strive to perform because to be mentioned in the Quran is enough honor without turning to the hadith of the Prophet So now, 
after mentioning was mentioned in the glorious Quran about itiqaf. Another question you ask people. So I'm not asking you. I'm just going to say it hypothetically. If you were to ask somebody, why are you doing itiqaf? It's unbelievable how many people don't know the answer to that. So they'll say this. It's sunnah. So the response is, yes, the Prophet did it. But why did he do it? For Allah, for reward. And you get the list of answers and they don't even know why they're doing it. What is the reason the Holy Prophet did it? If you have that intention, then you'll get the full benefit of this glorious deed. The purpose is mentioned in the Hadith. In Sayyid Muslim, Number 1167, Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, he relates, the Holy Prophet, he performed itiqaf from the first of Ramadan to the 20th. He thereupon said, in search of Laylatul Qadr, I spent the first 10 days of Ramadan in itiqaf. And then, the middle ten days. Then I, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, was informed. It is in the last ten days. Therefore, whoever now amongst you wishes to do itiqaf with me, should do so. There's the answer. It's to find Laylatul Qadr. And yeah, guaranteed, you do a survey. Why are you doing itiqaf? Sunnah. Why are you doing itikaf? Reward. <laughs> they don't even know the maqsad, why the Prophet did it. Mm-hmm. Is that you do not miss the greatest night of the year, i.e. Laylatul Qadr. And look how eager he was for it. Not like us. Right? Straight as the holy month, he stayed into itikaf. Because he doesn't want to miss it. It wasn't found in the first ten. He continues the itikaf. So imagine the whole month of Ramadan, he's done it off. Now, if we were to do that, we're not following the sunnah. Why? Because the Prophet told you it's in the last ten. But for the Prophet, that was sunnah. Because he was searching for it. And then he said, I have been informed it is in the last ten days. Therefore, whoever now amongst you wishes to do it with me, should do so. So now something happened. Our beloved mothers, radiyallahu ta'ala anhum, they started pitching their tents. They started doing itikaf. So the Prophet said, what is this? Is this piety? And then he terminated his itikaf. Now why did he do that? Because this is a problem that Muslims suffer from. The first beloved mother did it, obviously. But the others were now thinking, if she's doing it, I'm going to do it. Now, what's the danger here? Their purity is lost. And people even say this. They don't even hide their purity. I'm doing it, the calf in this much. Why my mate's doing it? He goes, are you doing it for your mate? Are you doing it to find the night of Qadr? So, no, the Prophet wanted only but pure purity in his deeds. But, of course, he made up for what he did. So, think about that, right? So, this is another thing. So, it's to find the night of Qadr. You will never miss it if you do it, the calf. So now, when is the night of Qadr? The whole point of itikaf is the Laylatul Qadr. 
The answer is, it is hidden. Nobody knows when the night is. So why has Allah the Almighty and Glorious hidden the night of Qadr? Firstly, the scholars say, if one knew the date and still persisted in sin, it would be disastrous. That's the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So for instance, if it was the 27th, that people say 27th, revelations come to the minute, mashallah, right? 27th, mashallah. If you are absolutely certain it's the 27th, and a person, forget about worship, he's still sinning. What's going to happen to him? Therefore, Allah the Almighty has hidden it as a further protection for this woman. It's not because he's not wanting to give you that night, he's protecting you. That's the first reason. The second reason, you could work out, but the Prophet explained, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, in Tabrani in his Kabir, Al-Hedami in Majma Az-Zawaid is Hassan. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, had the people not left their Salah, except for that one night, I would now have informed you. <laughs> if the people had not left their Salat, except for that one night, I would now have informed you. There's the wisdom. The Prophet said, if I told you the night, the weak ones would only worship on that night. They'd neglect the other nights. That's why I'm not doing it. And that also shows he had knowledge of it. People say, did the Prophet have knowledge? Yes, he did. But he didn't tell you. He gave you the reason why he didn't tell you. And it's true. If somebody is anywhere that stupid, we start mentioning 27. Khatam on 27, what the Prophet is hiding, you're telling me. Right? And that's why people, what happens after the 27th? Exactly what the Prophet feared. Tarabi, with everybody gone. Oh, it's Khatam finished. 27th, Lelat al-Qadr is gone. Who told you Lelat al-Qadr is gone? Has Ramadan finished? So we're our own worst enemies. We say, look, if possibly at the 27th, might be 21st, might even be an even number. And that way, a person's always eager to do the deeds. Now, some of the imams, they finish on the 29th. <laughs> Mashallah, right? You know, why did it take them so long to wear that one out, right? Why? Because it might be the last night as well, because sometimes Ramadan finishes on the 29th. The Prophet ﷺ, the Sahaba said that most of the Ramadans of the Prophet ﷺ was 29. So you'll finish on the last night. But if there is one extra day, then still, alhamdulillah, at least most of the people have come to worship. Also, what did the Prophet say we should do on that night? I.e. the purpose of itikaf. In Imam Ahmad in his Muslim, number 22,713 or 5-319, the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Search for it in the last 10 days. It is either the 21st, 23rd, 25th, 27th, 29th, or the last night, the 30th. Mm-hmm. Whoever stands in them, searching for it with iman and ihtisab, then he is enabled with the grace of capturing it. Then indeed his past and future sins are forgiven. So let's break this down. So in this authentic hadith in Imam Ahmad's Muslim, the Prophet said, look for it in the last 10 nights. I do it a 
That's the best way to do it. Because you can't miss it. But then he said something. It could be the last night. The last night's even. If the month is completed. So what was he telling you? It doesn't necessarily have to fall on an odd night. In another hadith, in Imam Ahmad's Musnad Dabrani Hassan, the Prophet said, and I was given the revelation on the 24th night of Ramadan. And the Quran says, Inna fi qadr. We revealed this on the night of Qadr. The Prophet said 24th. Is that odd or even? Even. So therefore, another fruitcake, he goes, odd nights, forget the even. You doing it again, brother? Right? The Prophet is telling you not to do that. But out of his kindness, he reduced it. Because obviously people are weak. So now, what did he say you should do on those nights? Again, you see people doing a dekaf and they're snoring. Nothing wrong with that, right? They're sleeping, at least they're better than us, they're doing a dekaf. However, what did the Prophet say? Whoever stands in them. So what does that mean? You do general salute. It means you do salah. You offer salat. And whoever stands in them, searching with iman and expecting reward, he has captured the night. And what's the reward? Past and future sins forgiven. Not only your previous sins are wiped out, your future sins are wiped out. That's the reward of Laylat al-Qadr. But you have to offer salat during it standing. Question. Does that mean tarawi Or does that mean tahajjad? Do both in it. MashaAllah. The Prophet said, Qiyam al-Layl. Qiyam al-Layl is tahajjad. It's also tarawi. But why are you risking it again? Just do, you know, the night is there to stand. Stand through the whole of the night. The Prophet said, stand. So standing is what is mentioned that the people doing itikar should be doing on the nights of power. A person goes, oh, but I'm very weak, brother. I can't pray all night. Then, okay, do tarawi. Oh, brother, can I do eight lakats? Like, all right, go on, brother. Oh, brother, can I do tarawi? Can I just do anything else? Look how merciful. If it was up to me, I'd say, do one. But the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he's rahmatullahi what did he say? Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said, in Ibn Adi, in his Al-Qamil, whoever prays Maghrib, Isha, and Fajr in congregation, has attained a greater part of Laylat al-Qadr. Whoever prays Maghrib, Isha, and Fajr in congregation, has attained a greater part of Laylat al-Qadr. This is for the people who are basically on the last thread of the Iman. <laughs> Pray Maghrib in the Masjid. Don't have, forget about your Kajur. <laughs> your Samosi Pukori, right? They give you 10 minutes anyway. Right? So, pray Maghrib in the Masjid. Then, go back to your Samosi. Then come back for Isha. Pray the Fard. And then if you, know, you don't want to pray Talabi, alright, go home. And then pray Fajr in the Masjid. A person goes, he hasn't gone. Doesn't matter what you think, brother. The Prophet said, he has attained a greater part of Laylat al-Qadr. Now there's a wording here which is very interesting. The Prophet did not say he's got Laylat al-Qadr. He goes, he's got a greater part. Meaning, he's not got it all. Now why is that wording so critical? Because the Prophet was highlighting every second of Laylat al-Qadr is precious. Meaning, you've done enough to get a great part of it. But the neglect, you haven't got all of it. 
Have you understood this? Right? Every second is precious. You should spend it in worship on those nights. But of course, we're human beings. Therefore, the weak brothers, he said, look, Maghrib, Isha, and Fajr in congregation. Now, if you miss Laylatul Qadr, are you a loser? Yes, you are. But how did the Prophet describe it? His wording is shocking. In Nasai, Tirmidhi, uh, sorry, Nasai Ibn Majah Ahmad Behaki Mishkat. It's Sahih in Sahih Sunan Nasai number 1992. Our beloved messenger, he said, Whoever fails to find it is deprived of all good. Indeed, only the real loser can remain deprived of the immense goodness of this night. Look at the wording of the Prophet. He didn't say you're a loser. That's putting it mildly. First he said, you have been deprived of every goodness. Not 20%, 30%. It goes, you've missed it. That's the first disaster. Secondly, only the real loser, meaning there's losers, but they're not, you can always find a bigger loser. The real loser is deprived of the immense goodness of this night. So note, if you miss this night, what have you been doing with it? What are you on this earth for? To make money. Right? This is a night Allah has given. So what do we know? Allah the Almighty and Glorious says, خَيْرٌ مِنْ أَلْفِ شَهْرٌ It is better, the Laylat Al-Qadr is better than a thousand months. Not khair. People, again in bayans, they go a thousand months. Where does it say thousand months? Khairum min alfi shahr. Better. So if a person says to you, that's better than a thousand months, you can ask him, a thousand months is about 83 years and a few months. So how much more than 83 years and a few months? If you say, could be a hundred years, could be a thousand years, could be ten thousand years, could be a million years. Each one of those statements is correct according to the Quran. Because it's better. You don't know what that... But you know it's not less than a thousand months. That's what we know for definite. It's not less than 83 years and a few months. But who knows really what the rewards are. So now what does that mean? Khairun min alfi shahr. The scholars say every second of that night is greater than a thousand months. Not every hour, every second. So for instance, if you did worship the entire night of Laylatul Qadr and you miss five minutes, have you lost out? So a person goes, Mashallah. But he goes, no, you're mine. You got, you got more, most of it. But those five minutes, just talk about the loss. What have you lost out on? And you say, well, what can I do in five minutes? In fact, let's break it down to one second. What can you do in one second? Subhanallah. I can say Subhanallah. When you say Subhanallah on the night of Qadr, it is better than another person saying Subhanallah for more than 83 years and a few months, continuously. A person goes, what? <laughs> so imagine, a person sitting in the corner of the masjid and that's all he's doing all his life. Subhanallah, Subhanallah, Subhanallah. You're going past, he's just at it. And then 83 years, 4 months, he dies, let's say, at 90. And you go, subhanallah, Laylatul Qadr, you got you go more than him. That's one second. That's your loss in one second. 
So what does the intelligent person do? He goes, I'm not going to waste any of these moments of the night of Qadr. And think about it, on the day of judgment, when these people receive their rewards, they're going to complain, the previous ummahs. Because, oh Lord, we did more and we get less. The Hadith mentions that in Sayyid Bukhari. Allah the Almighty and Glorious says to them, Have I been unjust to you? He goes, no. He goes, this is my grace. I give it to whoever I wish. So Laylat al-Qadr is part of the grace of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So now there's two things you've got to remember about the night of Qadr. One is the reward. It is greater than a thousand months. That's the reward. But it pulverizes your sins. People forget to mention that. Your past and future sins are forgiven. Then a person goes, right, I'm looking forward to Laylat al-Qadr. Are you doing it the calf? No. That's scratching his head. Say, brother, I'm a bit confused. Hey, he goes, you're looking forward to Laylat al-Qadr? Yes. Then what about Itikaf? Then he even says this, what's Itikaf going to do with it? <laughs> the Itikaf is the best way to capture it. The ulama say, the people doing Itikaf, every second is a burden for them. Can you compete with them? How are you going to do it? Somebody goes to you, I'm not doing Itikaf. Okay then. 24-7 in the last 10 nights, do something. Well, I've got to go to sleep. Khudafis, then, isn't it? I've got to, you know, I might be daydreaming. Khudafis. The daydreaming mu'takif gets the reward of, gets the reward of the night of Qadr. The sleeping mu'takif gets the reward of the night of Qadr. That's what itikaf is there for. People fail to highlight why itikaf is done. They're not wasting any of those moments. And don't forget, you might not even reach the next holy month of Ramadan. Or even this one. There's still 10 days left. Also, what are you supposed to do when you're doing itikaf? Again, you know, people think, I've got my own list. Have you? Mashallah. Right? So what did the Prophet do? I'm not bothered by your list. <laughs> In Ibn Abi Asim, Sayyida Aisha radiyallahu she said, the holy Prophet he would perform ghusl between Maghrib and Isha. Because strange, that sounds to many people. Why? Islam started as something strange. It will end up as something strange. Glad tidings to the strangers. Sayyid Muslim. Imagine you say to a person, Brother, you're doing a tikaf, yeah? Don't forget to do ghusl after between Maghrib and Isha. You look at you thinking, what? Why should I do ghusl, brother? Sunnah. As the Aisha goes, the Prophet would do ghusl between Maghrib and Isha. Also in Ibn Rajab in his Lataif al-Ma'arif, Sayyidina Ali added, Sayyidina Ali radiya added, every night of the last ten he would do ghusl. Now even if it's not a sunnah, why is that showing something about itikaf? What is it teaching you about itikaf? Purity. You go into the masjid, it stinks. People doing itikaf, should the masjid stink? You know, I walked in once, eggs. I thought, what am I smelling here? Astaghfirullah. Right? And then obviously you can't, you know, you don't want to break their hearts, but then you're thinking, why was the holy prophet? He didn't need to do ghusl. He was a pure man. The Prophet is a pure man. Right? His life has got shafa. His blood has got is pure. His urine is pure. Everything, his sweat is pure. He's doing ghusl. Why? Because BO, body order. People stink. You walk in. Guys, don't get the calf. You have to do this. Brother, how are you? Right? Brother, why are you covering your nose? Because you stink. Right? And you're in the house of Allah. So imagine you were in Buckingham Palace. Would you stink if the queen's coming? Think about that, innit? Therefore, 
the Prophet told you what to do. Do ghusl after Maghrib. Look how interesting. After Maghrib, I'm not supposed to break my fast. He doesn't say straight after Maghrib. <laughs> Between Maghrib and Isha, don't panic. Don't start breaking your fast. You know, wudu khana, right? You know, having the ghusl, right? Eat. Do you know, break your fast. Anamne. Do what you got to do. Do you zikr. Between Maghrib and Isha. Now, what if a person says, I can't do it every night? Fine. Then do it one night. At least you've got the sunnah. Also, Ibn Jarir, he added, Rahmatullah in Abdul Razak in his Al-Musannaf Lataif Al-Ma'arif he states it is mustahab to perform ghusl between Maghrib and Isha in the last 10 days now this terminology he's used shows that the hadith are suffering from weakness mm-hmm. mustahab means it's recommended mm-hmm. recommended means because the hadith don't reach the highest levels of authenticity we have to be careful but to do the deed, it is far greater, meritorious way to do the deed. It's mustahab. Therefore, this is a mustahab deed which the Prophet exhorted us to do, sallallahu alayhi wa Also, on the 27th night, now this is a sunnah. In Abdul Razak, Lataif al Ba'arif, Sayyidina Anas radiyallahu said, Laylat al Qadr is the 27th night. When it is that night, each one of you should perform ghusl. Break the fast with milk and delay the food of iftar until sahri. So now you get fruitcakes. Oh, it's only Anas. Is it? MashaAllah. Only Chachas up. Astaghfirullah. Who's Anas? Anas was the servant of Rasulullah. Sallallahu alayhi wa and the Sahaba are our role models, par excellence. So if you venerate them as they ought to be venerated, you take their words very seriously. So what was the first thing he said? Laylat al-Qadr is the 27th night. This was the view of some of the companions. Some ulama said that it refers to a particular year. It falls on the 27th. Because Abu Qilaba, one of the senior tabi'een, rahmatullah, said in Tirmidhi, the night of Qadr changes every year. So there's no contradiction. You get a Sahih Hadith saying 21st, Sahih Hadith saying 23rd, 24th, 20th. Which one is it, brother? The only way to reconcile the Sahih Hadith is that it changes. There's a formula for it. You understand? Like Pythagoras, right? So Anas knew that formula. On that year, it was 27th. Laylat al-Qadr is the 27th night. That explains the first bit. Then what did he say? Those when it is the night, each one of you should perform ghusl. Going back to the sunnah. Mm. Then he said something very interesting. Break the fast with milk. So even a you know a layman says, but the sunnah is the day. Yes. Then Anas know that. Mm. Right? And then you think, well obviously he did. So why is he taking you away from the day? Fast, break the fast with milk, delay the food of iftar till sahri. The ulama unanimously explain because you do not waste precious seconds eating and drinking. Look at how they were honoring that night because when you have a day, you're going to chew. Milk, gone, get on with it. Leave the pakore samosa, right? But then have it at sehri. Meaning, when it comes right to the end of the night, then he goes, if you want to eat, then you can have your hearty meal, as they say. This is the sunnah of Sayyidina Anas. So on the 27th, 
the ulama say this is also mustahab. But note again, it's about itikaf. Out of itikaf, these are very strange. Why? Because why? Brother, it's all about itikaf. Itikaf is finding the night of Qadr. Also, what else do the Mu'atakis do? In Abdul Razak, in his Musannaf, there's many reports. It is the Sunnah of the Salaf, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, to apply itr and wear good clothes on the 27th night. Mm-hmm. Right? So, the 27th night, because there's various reports mentioning it. So, what they would do, the Salaf, they would treat it like an Eid. Literally. They'll have a special garment ready for them on the 27th. They'll have atr. Note again the purity. Keeping the masjid clean. And then imagine you'd walk in and you'd, you'd think, hey, you know, why is he all made up? Well, it's the holiest night, brother. What do you think I'm going to do? On Valentine's Day, I'm going to make myself up, right? 27th night. So they had a special garment ready for themselves. Atr. And they treated that night with full love and veneration. Then the Salaf said that night, that night, but what night is it? 27th is some of the understanding of some of the Salaf. But some say, no, every night you should be like this. So from the reports here, what should you be very particular of when you're doing itikaf? Purity. Make sure you take plenty of atr with you. Atr doesn't break your fast. Miswak. The Prophet said that the most beloved deed to Allah the Almighty for the fasting person is to use the miswak. And you get some fruitcakes, what do they tell you? <laughs> right? It's the most beloved deed, you're taking me away from it. The only time you need to be careful is if you've got very bad gums. So obviously if you get more blood than saliva according to the Hanafis, it breaks your fast. But what's, the, what's your teeth should be in pristine condition. Also, Make sure the masjid, you know, bring something in for the masjid. A freshener or something like this. Keep the masjid. Why? Because when people enter, they don't want to smell body odor. It puts people off. Right? So note again, this is the wisdom of these commands given. What else did the Prophet famously do on the night of Qadr? Hazrat Aisha asked, She goes, Ya Rasulullah, If I catch the night of Qadr, what should I say? The Prophet said, make this dua, O Aisha. Allahumma innaka afuun tuhibbal afwa fa'fu anni. Allahumma innaka afuun tuhibbal afwa fa'fu anni. Allahumma innaka afuun tuhibbal afwa fa'fu anni. So, what does this dua translate into? Again, fruitcakes translating. You ask me, what does that translate into? Oh Allah, you love to forgive, stop brother, you're not translating it. Don't say that. If you don't know how to translate, don't translate. Because it does do it, right? Go and ask the ulama, right? Allah Ta'ala is using one of his attributes. Af. Allahumma innaka afoon. What does af, af mean? It means to erase and not to bring that to the attention again. When you forgive somebody, do you forget? No. Human nature. Brother, I forgive you. Would you forget? How can I forget, brother? <laughs> I can say it, but that's just a fake statement. I forgive and I forget. But in my heart, I can never forget. Af means Allah forgives and He doesn't even bring it up again. So when you're saying that dua, you're making this dua. Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you are the eraser. You love to erase 
Therefore erase my sins. Look at the meaning if you look at it properly. Allah Ta'ala first of all, He doesn't just love, He doesn't just, He's not just, you know, He just doesn't erase and doesn't break. He loves to do it. The Dua is telling you that. Do we love to do that? So Allah Ta'ala loves that. So you're asking with the attribute. What greater night can you ask using the attribute? Oh Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, you are the eraser. You love to erase. Erase my sins. This dua you should say again and again on that holy night, the last ten nights. Allahumma innaka afuun to hibbul afwa fa'afu anni. So that's the second thing. Salah, which I mentioned. The dua of our beloved Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ghusl between Maghrib and Isha. Keeping the body order in check. <laughs> keeping the masjid clean. Because it's the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So note, these are some of the sunnats the Prophet established. But, when it comes to the actual rewards of itikaf, computer fail again. I'm not even talking about the rewards. Right? We'll discuss that tomorrow inshallah. Right? But the rewards of it are mind-boggling. Leaving aside the reward of Lilatul Qadr, which I've discussed, you're thinking that's enough reward, brother. That's that's just for starters. <laughs> then you're gonna get other rewards which are mentioned specifically by the Prophet. <laughs> so all I mentioned today, inshallah we'll spend another session or so discussing this glorious deed. I first talked about the verses in the Quran which mentions this glorious deed. One unusual verse where Ibrahim talked about the idol worshippers during itikaf, their veneration to their worship. And then of course the verses where Allah mentions itikaf, the word is aqifun or aqifin. And it comes between tawaf and salah, meaning look how great the deed is. He actually supersedes salat in the haram, itikaf. And if a person actually does itikaf in the haram, he's done everything. Everything that Allah Ta'ala has ordered a servant to do. Somebody goes, brother, have you done tawaf around the Kaaba? Alhamdulillah, yes I have. Have you done itikaf? I was looking at that. No. Have you offered salat around the Kaaba? Yes. Then you haven't completed the verse. So the fact that you can look at that verse and say, Alhamdulillah, I've completed the verse, I've done itikaf. And note, Allah only mentions itikaf in the harm. Of course, then you got Masjid al-Nabi, Masjid al-Aqsa, which the Prophet also encouraged, sallallahu alayhi wa And then I mentioned, of course, the purpose of itikaf. <laughs> Don't look down on brothers. Obviously, they're better than us. You know, they're doing their worship. But just tell them politely, why are you doing itikaf? And if they don't know, say, brother, the whole point of itikaf is for you to find the night of Qadr. It's not deduced. The Prophet told us that. Sallallahu He kept the whole month of Ramadan to make sure he caught that. Sallallahu And then I mentioned the deeds that we are supposed to do. And graciously, the minimum is mentioned by the Prophet. Sallallahu For those who are weak. But they only get a greater portion. They don't get the full blessings of the holy night. And then I mentioned, of course, the ghusl. And of course, on the 27th in particular, to break the fast with milk, so as not to waste precious moments of that holy night. Are there any questions you'd like to ask? Um, you know, like nowadays, it's very easy, because mm. there's only like five, six hours between Maghrib and... So it's quite... It's summertime, even though you've got the long fast, it's very Mashallah. good for us, 
for, for this. Oh, yeah. But in winter time, it could be like mm. 16 hours or something, isn't yes, it? Yes. And you say for the people who are doing Ithikaf, they sleep. Yes. This classes, so that's good for them. But if you're not, <laughs> can, if you're not doing Ithikaf in winter time, for example, then how can, should you not sleep at that time? You can't stand all night. <laughs> okay, why should good? What's how do you make up that time? So obviously, depending upon your strength. So in summer, Alhamdulillah, the brother mentioned, it's a short night, so you can stay up, inshallah, no problem, the night. But in the winter, you've got the long nights. So in that scenario, obviously, try your best to make the as productive as possible. So obviously, ideally, the whole night. But if you're not that strong, say, okay, at least I'll spend half of the long night as best I can in worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But with a heavy heart, why? Because you're losing out. And you're not losing out on you know peanuts. <laughs> you're losing out every second, the the night of Qadr. And the other thing, you know, I'll mention it now very briefly. Why was this night given to us? So think about it. The night of Qadr was given to us and only us, Alhamdulillah. Sallallahu from the Prophet Sallallahu But why? Because the Prophet Sallallahu he he was reflecting that the previous nations they lived for hundreds of years. Some live for 700, 800 thousand years. So the Prophet grieved. Mm-hmm. Because how is my Ummah going to compete with them? Mm-hmm. But what's interesting, a thousand years is the guideline with regards to the age of the previous people. Adam mm-hmm. live for a thousand years. That's an authentic hadith in Tirmidhi. Mm-hmm. So what does Allah the Almighty and Glorious do in His kindness out of love for His beloved? He reveals Surah Al-Qadr. Mm-hmm. And He said, if you worship on this night, it is better than a thousand months. Meaning, don't worry. Yes, you won't live as long as the previous nations. Only a few days back, one of the uncles passed away. May Allah have mercy on him. 62. Average age between 60 and 70. How on earth are we going to compete? Not only are we going to compete, we're going to knock them out of the ballpark because of this one night. Therefore, if you waste this night, like the Prophet said, you are you lose the par excellence, astaghfirullah. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the tawfiq to prepare for this, obviously, because we've still got 10 days or 11 days before these nights begin. And the other thing, uh, important point, if you can't do itikaf, the next best thing is to spend as much time in the masjid. Mm-hmm. Right? Especially to do the khizmat of those who are doing itikaf. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they need anything, don't ask them, you know, you just bring it. <laughs> you know, if you ask them, they're going to be polite. Do you need anything? No. <laughs> Right? You just bring it. So if you don't need it, it's here if you case you want it anyway. And every time they use it, inshallah, you'll get some of that reward as well, inshallah. Not forgetting every moment of theirs is Lilatul Qadr. Does every masjid, does someone have to do the Qadr? Yes. MashaAllah. The rulings, which I said I won't go into, right? But we'll mention it. One of the rulings of Itikaf is that it's uh, every masjid is the right of every masjid that somebody does Itikaf. Otherwise, a report mentions the masjid will complain to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is another disaster. 20 people in one masjid, no, nobody in another. So why didn't, hang on a minute brother, you could have got more reward. Why? Because you could have gone to a masjid where there's nobody doing it. You fulfilled the light of that masjid. But again, it goes back to that pollution. My mates are there. Right? Why do you think the Prophet had a tent, which I'll mention. He wanted to isolate and there's a reason why, because every moment is precious. Though it's not obligatory to have a tent. <coughs> but of course, certainly, you know, if you can get to a masjid in your locality in particular, 
you know, you will uh, get the, you'll fulfill the right of that masjid. But inshallah, I think here we're okay. Every masjid, hopefully this year, will be covered. But when you get that imbalance, it just shows the ignorance of people. Subhanallah <laughs>